Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Shocking Laura Tawdry, a history of American scandals. I'm your co-host, Casey Howe. And I'm your co-host, Mark Pikert. And I'm delighted to be here today because it's my turn, as Nancy Reagan titled her <laughs> memoir, My Turn. And I've got a story for you. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But first, I think I'd love for you to share just a few fun facts about your visit to the Lyndon Baines Johnson Memorial Library. Is that what it is? Memorial Library? Memorial... Uh, library? Library? I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but I'll tell you, Casey, Yay! a few fun facts. Uh, it's closed, so I just went <laughs> to the building. Oh, you're kidding <laughs> Uh, I have luckily been there before. It is a great okay. presidential museum. Famously, okay. it has the animatronic LBJ that uh, tells yes. you sad, corny dad jokes. Oh, okay. Well, that's on brand. Uh, and it's it's a really good museum. Uh, they do a really good job of putting things in historical context. And they have phones that you can pick up and hear him speaking. Cute. Actual recorded conversations. Love yeah. that. And they recreated Ladybird's office. <sighs> love her which you know i love ladybird my favorite first lady yes and as all you listeners are now learning we literally can't get through one episode without mentioning ladybird <laughs> i don't know what like i guess I don't ladybird know. comes I don't up know. a lot in my life anyway and then you and i just bring her up a lot but i'm gonna have what? to come she... up with some scandal where we can where we can bring her up i mean there's really she's so unscandalous but you know well, there's, there's the there's Obviously, the we can voting do Vietnam. scandal. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. We could get into that. Okay, I'm gonna look all into the, it. All the dead rose up in small town Texas to vote for LBJ. <laughs> well, you know, if if we're gonna get spirits coming back, they should have a right to vote. I mean, I don't understand. They should. Yeah. I, that's what I'm for. I mean, ghosts ghosts should have a right to vote too. I don't understand why that's an issue. Seems perfectly clear. It to shouldn't me. be. And they were way ahead of their time on that issue. So true. So true. Liberal in so many ways. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. Well, that's a fun adventure. It was a fun adventure. And we drove through a lot of very, very, very small Texas towns that lasted for about three blocks and two stoplights. Ooh. Excellent. Uh, I'm surprised yeah, they had a stoplight. A That's fancy. Well, yes, because most of them have the schools right there on that major highway. Mm. <laughs> yeah, which is always very strange. We saw a high school directly uh, diagonal from a cafe, which was hmm. directly diagonal okay. from a, a cemetery, which was directly across from the high school. Well, that just sounds like a well-completed town, if you ask me, a cafe, a high school, and a cemetery. I mean, what else do you really need? Yeah. I mean, nothing that that yeah. is what I would have done my entire high school career. I might have done it in four years instead of the three that I eked out in Texas. <laughs> you might have stayed I a little have bit a longer at my high school. Ugh. I mean, who knows the adventures I could have had at that cafe so looking true. at the dead rising up from the grave to vote for LBJ. Oh, I know. So true. I feel oh, like I, I picture them with their their little their little signs. You know, like the campaign signs. Placards. The placards. I forget what his um, slogan was. Anyway. um, I don't know what his slogan was. Yeah. Not sure. 
Anyway, but I'm just glad he had a prominent middle initial because we were really into the three letter thing at that time. And if he didn't, I don't know what we would have done. I mean, Lyndon is, I, know. A, ugh, I mean, Johnson well, is, it's a, a is a sissy name. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good Texas name. There you go. It's a proper and then name. Look, and then look who we got. Richard Milhouse Nixon. I know. Why didn't we do, uh, what would it be, RMN? It's not the same. I guess you need. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Never afford Monday it. I'll, let's start. Let's make Pat Nixon a thing, too, while we're bringing back Lady Bird. Ooh, that's a good one. No, no. Poor Pat. She, uh, yeah. Anyway. Oof, I know. <laughs> she just wanted a fur coat. Let her have a fur coat. Come on. After all that woman has been through. My God. Ugh. Well, my scandal for you today yes, is as far me, removed from LBJ as is possible. Well, good. Well, good. We need a little change up. Tell me, Mark, what's your scandal? So, Casey, you are no doubt familiar with the British performer Rex Harrison? I am. Kind of. Sort of. My fair lady. Thank you. Yes. Uh, he was Professor Henry Higgins. He was Dr. Doolittle in the original uh, movie musical. Yes. Uh, tons of British comedies, lots and lots of stage work. Uh, a big deal. Uh, one of the leading pillars of the British theatrical establishment. Ooh. Now, people know Rex Harrison. People perhaps do not know that his nickname when he got to Hollywood in the 1940s, married to fellow actor Lily Palmer, was... Sexy Rexy. Ooh. Because I hope, I women, hope for a good reason. <laughs> women just could not quit that D. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it was Lily the accent? Palmer? I, I don't know. I think that he was probably someone who really exuded sexual charisma in person. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a very British thing. Like uh Jeremy Irons in person is just like oh. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Big deal. Big time. Big time. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, and the director, Mike Matthew Warkus, too, is just like you meet him and you just go, oh, I want to touch you. <laughs> can, I, can I just touch your skin? Just stroke you. Know, thank you. That's all. Yeah. Uh, so Rex, Sexy Rexy was married to Lily Palmer and uh, throughout the course of this episode I need you to just picture Lily Palmer sitting somewhere in giant sunglasses smoking a cigarette occasionally looking up at what nonsense Rex Harrison is up to and going oh dear god and then going back to her cigarette because long suffering is does not even begin to cover Lily Palmer's marriage to Rex Harrison Got it. but before we begin at the beginning let's jump to the end Because Rex Harrison was married seven times. Ooh, okay. Spoiler alert for his relationship with Lily Palmer, by the way. Uh, One of his, I think his fourth marriage was to the actress Rachel Roberts. Rachel Roberts did a lot of the kitchen sink British dramas. Um, She did Picnic at Hanging Rock, This Sporting Life, Saturday Night and Sunday Morning. Very, very... Uh, revered actress like people really loved her very um incisive she gave really incisive performances got two tony nominations won two bafta awards she was a big deal 
So they they became a couple. They got married. And she had a little bit of a problem with alcohol. Okay. Okay. Which she was Welsh. So a lot of that uh, just became chalked up at the time to, ah, well, you know, she's just a fabulous Welsh party girl. I mean, <laughs> Richard Burden. Hey, you don't uh, have to tell me you're sitting, you're sitting here next to the ginger. I get it. I get it. <laughs> yep. Yep. So she was married to Rex Harrison from 62 until 71. And during this time, her drinking was okay. Not great, but it was okay. Uh, one of my favorite anecdotes is she scratched Gavin Lambert's nose while she was drunk and he ran off to go put a Band-Aid on because he was bleeding. And he came back and said, I think that you're going to give me a scar. I think that this is going to scar. And she said, well, people have to live with their scars. <laughs> okay. she, she got on her hands and knees at a party and started yapping at Robert Mitchum and trying to unzip his fly with her teeth and pawing at his knees and what? like gnawing on his leg with her mouth. And later Rex Harrison was like, what the hell were you doing to Robert Mitchum? And she looked at him and said, I was pretending to be a corgi. <laughs> well, she is an actress. She's just expressing so, her craft. Like like many people who struggle with drinking, there was a slippery slope between like fun party drunk and then just messy. And after she and Rex Harrison got divorced in 1971 and he married her former best friend. Oops. Uh, she, it, the slide became more precipitous. Hmm. So she moved to Hollywood. She could not forget that magical sexy Rexy dick. And she kept drinking. The very famous story is that she did a talk show in England and she got so drunk. She said that feminists just needed a good cock in their cunts or arse. She called no. the host a, a silly cunt. Oh my God. And she started singing. Uh, oh, she started singing The Lady is a Tramp, I think. And she was escorted off the set. The episode never aired and they burned the tapes. What? Oh my God. Oh, what would you not pay to see oh, that I, tape? Right? Oh, so she, she just, because she turns 50 and she becomes increasingly obsessed with getting back together with Rex Harrison. And okay. there's a lot of things happening. One, she was never super emotionally stable. Like there were some underlying mental health issues throughout, I believe. Uh, she turned 50. She was staying with friends a lot. And they all had adult children and happy home lives. And she was single. No, she was with someone um, 20 years younger, her gardener. He sounds sexy. Okay. So good for her. Happy about that. Yeah. But she's looking around and it's just, this is not the life that she wanted. This is not the life that she envisioned. And so she really starts pinning all of her hopes on reconciling with Rex Harrison. And she becomes increasingly obsessed with keeping a journal. Oh, okay. Spending most of her time keeping the journal. And she's still, like, the work is still good. She shows up on set. She's doing the work. But when she's not working, it's not great. Got so okay. she tries to get back together with him in 1980 and it didn't work out. And so she killed herself at 53. Oh my gosh. 
But here's where things get weird. Uh, so she was found in a negligee on the floor of her Los Angeles living room. The kettle was boiling. There were deep, deep cuts on her legs and her negligee was kind of slashed. She had stumbled through a, gla a decorative glass wall separating the kitchen from the living room and was lying among the shards of glass. So at first okay. they think that she had like a heart attack or a stroke and then they do toxicology and it becomes apparent that she suffered some, she drank some kind of lye or a caustic liquid. Okay. And then they keep looking at the at her blood and they discover that she had taken quite a few uh, barbiturates and alcohol. Okay. Okay. So wow, that's also, like that's like that's like committing suicide but then like backing it up with an additional suicide attempt. Which is basically what everyone was like, everyone hmm. said when the report came out which was oh it seems as if she had a blanket out side stretched out where she liked to sit under a tree and so there's one theory that was she was going to swallow all the pills and drink all the wine and fall asleep and then just die under the tree on the blanket and then maybe she got up because she was afraid it wasn't working and she was going to drink the lye but she also put the kettle on and then she ate a muffin that's very strange which Everyone's like, I mean, it's erratic behavior, which is kind of what she was doing. Okay. And there's a theory that she ate a muffin because you, uh, if you look up failures of suicide, one of them is swallowing all those pills on an empty stomach will just cause you to be sick. Okay. So okay. you need to eat. So there's a theory but that she like, didn't she have ate a muffin. But she didn't have the internet to check that out. So how would she, she did know? Not. Well, I think she looked it up in the medical dictionary or something. Or maybe she asked around. I'm not sure. But what's even weirder is they never found the bottle that she drank from. Like, they never found the lie. Oh, like there was no lie in the house. Yeah. Huh. So maybe she had stolen it from somewhere or maybe she had it. No one really knows. It's very strange. It's bleak as fuck. And then yeah. to make it bleaker... Uh, Rex Harrison opened in the My Fair Lady tour in San Francisco two days later. Oops. And her ashes were combined with those of her friend Jill Bennett, who also killed herself, and scattered in 1992 while Alan Price sang, Is That All There Is? <gasps> Ooh, that's dark. That's dark. Right? Yes, that's dark. Number one, yes, please cremate me, but... I, I don't need my ashes combined with anybody's and you know pick a better song is that all there is I know so and dark. the director the director Lindsay Anderson filmed it oh gosh yeah that's very strange so that's that's kind of the the very rough conclusion to sexy Rexy's uh wide swath through women but Rachel Roberts was the last. She was by no means the uh, most perplexing or the worst. Oh, interesting. And what I'm riveted by is Rex Harrison is Professor uh, Henry Higgins. That's, that is who he is. None of these things have stuck to him. That's in so, popular yeah, imagination. I, yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, he is Professor Henry Higgins. He's Dr. Doolittle. 
And then all of the women in his life are defined by being a woman in Rex Harrison's life. Much like Got it. Uh, Carol Landis. I'm going to tell you okay. all about Carol Landis now. Ooh, all right. So Carol Landis uh, hits it big in 1940 with the movie One Million B.C., which would later make a star out of Raquel Welch. Hmm, interesting. So Carol Landis, uh, gorgeous, uh, great singing voice. She sings so well that she actually sings for herself in movies. She's not dubbed, which is almost unheard of. Uh, she co-stars with Betty Grable in two great movies, uh, a noir called I Wake Up Screaming and Moon Over Miami, which is basically a musical version of How to Marry a Millionaire. Excellent. Uh, she's having an affair with studio executive Daryl Zanuck. She's called the Ping Girl. Okay. Now, there are many different theories about what, where this nickname came from. Uh, one is that there was a popular ad for a motor oil that takes the ping out of your engine so it purrs. Okay. One is ping is an awkward contraction of purring. Okay. Because it's, she's the ping girl because she makes you purr. Okay, got uh, it, got it, okay. One theory that I read is that it refers to her erection generating skills. Oh, A man okay. sees her and goes, ping! ping. <laughs> uh, the other studio nickname is much more to the point, which is the chest. Oh, got it, okay, there we go. Yeah, she's, she's busty. She's bestie. Got it. Heavy on top. So understand. Doing great. Then she breaks up with Daryl Zanuck. Her career goes down the toilet because he relegates her to be to be movies, which fine. You know what? She is Carol fucking Landis. She goes on a USO tour with uh, Jack Benny and she's touring with Martha Ray, K. Francis and Mitzi Mayfair. Then she writes a book about it. Then she stars in the movie based on her book called Four Jills in a Jeep. God, get it, girl. I love that. So there's... Meanwhile, her personal life is not great. She was apparently routinely sexually abused as a child, which led to a lot of ill-advised romantic entanglements. Uh, right. She was engaged to Busby Berkeley for a little bit. Uh, he broke it off. She can't have children because she suffers from endometriosis. Oh. Uh, and maybe the only bright spot post... Daryl Zanuck ruining her career is she stars in a Broadway musical with Jackie Suzanne, author of Valley of the Dolls, Ooh. who allegedly based the character Jennifer North in Valley of the Dolls on Carol Landis. Oh my gosh, I love that tie-in. Yeah. Oh, then okay. she meets Rex Harrison. Okay. A psychic once warned Carol that she must beware of emotional entanglements with men you can't entirely possess. She That's did not heed that warning. General good advice. So Rex Harrison is married to Lily Palmer does not stop him from having an affair with Carol Landis. Got it. However, okay. he will not divorce Lily Palmer. Doesn't believe in it. Just won't. Nope, okay. he will not. He'll, he'll be with Carol Landis. Will not divorce Lily Palmer to marry her. Got it. I'm so I, I see her right by right right in her pool lounger under an umbrella. She's lighting another cigarette. Got it. Check. Yes. <laughs> Lily Palmer's like, oh my god, this again. Ugh, okay. uh, so Carol Landis overdoses on second all and dies. <gasps> oh my gosh. 
because he won't divorce her yeah he yeah okay because he won't leave lily got it so again oh my gosh. This is, the the glamorous actress's suicide is where things get weird uh rex harrison apparently found carol's body but didn't call the police or an ambulance for a few hours i'm sorry what uh he claimed that he barely knew her that they were friends and allegedly she left two suicide notes one for her mother and one for rex harrison and rex harrison allegedly gave his note to his lawyers and said destroy this oh that's that's not a cute look that's so great during the inquest he's like oh carol landis oh yes i I had dinner with her a few times you know full stop and and he just ran everyone body everybody knew everyone (gasps) knew everyone knew it was yeah it was just a not not a great look yeah not a great look number two meanwhile rex harrison is really battling the scandal because this is like Carol Landis was really loved in the Hollywood community. And so he's doing everything that he can and he's distancing himself from her and he's begging Lily Palmer to stand by him. And so this is one of my favorite lines from anyone ever. Lily Palmer calls her friend Mary Lee Fairbanks and says, oh God, Mary Lee, I have to go to the funeral. I have to go to Carol's funeral. What does one wear to the funeral of one's husband's mistress? Black? (laughs) And Mary Lee Fairbanks said, oh, God, Black might be overdoing it. Do you have anything in Navy? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's (laughs) so great. (laughs) So they go. They go to the funeral. She wore Navy. Got it. (laughs) She wore Navy. Uh, They did some plays on Broadway. I think this is at the point where they... Uh, star in the four poster on Broadway they do Bell Book and Candle uh, uh, if not on Broadway then during the tour and then Rex Harrison meets another actress Kay Kendall Kay Kendall is one of the actresses that people routinely cite as oh god you've got to investigate Kay Kendall tiny film career most of the films are very good but she was such a presence she was apparently beloved by everyone sparkling british comedian very funny she's great in the musical lay girls with gene kelly and she meets rex harrison while they're starring in the constant husband hilariously enough and they begin an affair i assume lily palmer at this point has moved on to filing her nails (laughs) now one one question is lily palmer's the seventh wife no, Lily Palmer is one or two. Oh, okay, 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 got it. But he's like oh, really, yeah. he's like, he's going to go through seven, but this is the one where he's like, I'm not divorcing her. Okay, got it. Yeah, he just keeps saying, yeah. oh, hold, hold on. Okay, Wait, sorry. things are about to get weird. Okay, oh, I'm counting, now I'm so, counting. That's the third time. Here we go, okay, so keep going. So Lily so, Palmer is filing her nails and he meets Lily's Kay filing her nails, uh, Rex Harrison's with Kay Kendall and this being the 1950s, Kay Kendall's doctor calls Rex Harrison and says, oh, I have some bad news. Kay has leukemia, and I don't think we should tell her. (gasps) What? And Rex Harrison's like, oh, cheerio, I think that's a great idea. Let's just (gasps) tell her that she has an iron deficiency and make her happy. Oh, my gosh. No, 
no so one tells no one tells Kay Kendall that she has leukemia until what she dies from it yes <gasps> so Rex Harrison so she doesn't so, so has... she's wait, wait, wait. so this woman thinks that she's dying from an iron deficiency and they just never tell her that it's from leukemia Apparently it was, she did not have a, she was not given long to live. Okay. And there was no effective treatment available. And so they said, let's just make her happy and not ruin her final days by giving her this prognosis. Oh my God. And just tell her if she's tired or under the weather, she suffers from an iron deficiency. Deficiency. And there's nothing they can do. Oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Rex Harrison has the everlasting gall to go to Lily Palmer with this news. And say, oh, be a good sport and let's get divorced so I can marry Kay for her final months on Earth. And then, you know, after she kicks the bucket, we can reunite and get remarried. I'm sorry, that actually was all over the place. (laughs) Fine. I totally, I was with you. Oh my gosh. What does Lily Palmer say? Lily Palmer goes, fine. So she pours herself another drink, lights a cigarette, (laughs) signs the divorce papers. Rex Harrison marries Kay Kendall, never tells her that she's dying. And then she dies in 1959, which is when Rex Harrison calls up Lily Palmer and is like, oh, I guess we should uh, get remarried, shouldn't we? And Lily Palmer said, oh, no, I've taken a lover and I love him and we are going to get married now. I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, my gosh. (gasps) Love that for her, though. She's like, oh, this is my house. And I'm taking it. (laughs) They stayed they stayed together until she died in 1986. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, good for her. But oh, my gosh, that's insane. And then, oh my gosh. Okay. Here's the final ghastly tidbit. <laughs> okay. Terence Radigan wrote a play called In Praise of Love about Kay Kendall and Rex Harrison. So he outed her like he after her death. Oh, everybody knew. <gasps> oh, Terence Radigan oh wrote a gosh. play about how Rex Harrison uh kept Kay Kendall from knowing that she was dying as a sacrifice and of course Rex Harrison starred in it on Broadway as himself oh my gosh that's dark and, and weird Terrence Radigan was like Terrence Radigan said oh he's not very good in the role is he oh my gosh <laughs> he couldn't even fake it ah. and that Apparently he was too charming. Apparently the play is uh, gradually you re- is re- it is revealed over the course of the play that she is dying and she doesn't know it, but everyone else does. So it seems like he's a very cranky curmudgeon who's very mean to his wife, but they have a solid relationship. And then gradually you realize the toll that it's taking on him to maintain this facade that everything is fine when he is the only one who knows that she's dying okay okay that's the premise so people have loved people have raved about the play and said it's an amazing meditation on the sacrifices that you make for the people you love and the things that you have to do but 
the problem with Rex Harrison on Broadway, as opposed to the West End production, is that he refused to play it like a dick in the <laughs> early scenes. He always had like a twinkle in his eye that let you know that he knew that she was dying. Right. Oh my god. Which ruins the play because yeah. you have to have the big reveal that he's a dick because he knows that she's dying. So anyway, Terrence Radigan, not a fan of Rex Harrison playing the Rex Harrison role. Oh my gosh. And those are uh, some of the of sexy Rexy's wretches. <gasps> oh my gosh. Sexy, re- sexy Rexy's wretches. I did it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, those are yeah. some fishy suicides. Like that. They're I don't just know. Weird. So Carol Landis's descendants still maintain that it possibly wasn't a suicide and Rex Harrison killed her. Right. Yeah. I don't I don't know that I would attribute murder to Rex Harrison. Sure. In the 40s, like people just paid people off in the 40s. Right, you didn't do it yourself. That would have been ridiculous. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I can see how their accident or she got so upset because he was there. Like, but he was for sure, well, why wouldn't you call the police if you walked in on someone like lying on the floor? You know, like, I I just, it leads me to believe that that he was already there. And there's like a ton of back and forth about when he left her house that night before she died. And did she send a note bringing him, asking him to come see her? But yeah, just messy and- Messy. And so was the first one. That's just messy. Yeah. And again, overshadowing these these three incredible women who were fantastic on film- and now it's, you know, Rachel Roberts. Oh, is she the one who walked through a glass wall killing herself over Rex Harrison? Right. Whereas he's still, as you mentioned, Dr. Doolittle. And, yeah. you know, yes. like he, none of this st- stuck to him. Wow. Interesting. Good one, yeah. Mark. Good scandal. Oh, thank you. Sex Loved and Hollywood. <laughs> My two favorite topics. I know. That was our working title for this podcast, but then we, we changed it up. Well, you have more politics. You have politics <laughs> in your back pocket. So that makes sense. Sex, Hollywood, and politics didn't have the same flow to it. So we, we couldn't no, that one. It doesn't. No, no. Mm-mm. No. Uh, well, I'll just slap some. Let's not, let's not strain for an, for an ending. Let's just slap we'll some music. We'll be back next week. <laughs> we'll be back next week, everybody. I'm Thanks putting music listening. over this. <laughs> <laughs>